0: The title of the talk is The Tall Poppy and the Shrinking Violet. Uh, As I said uh, before the break, um, I've just come back from being away for well, seven, seven and a half weeks, just under eight weeks, uh, in Europe. Uh, And um, it was really... Oh, right, okay, thank you. Uh, It was really a a very um, wonderful trip, uh, mostly teaching. Uh, Jane and I, my wife Jane and I, uh, went to um, a number of different places and led some retreats and uh, some workshops. Um, we I'll give you a little bit of the itinerary because it's part of what I wanted to talk about tonight. Um, we started out in um, at the U- in UK uh, just um, just after the Brexit vote. Um, and people were kind of reeling one way or another from that. And I'm so uh, grateful and had the honor of um, going to um, Parliament with uh, my friend and colleague, Chris Cullen, who teaches, he's been teaching members of Parliament uh, mindfulness for the last last number of years, 130 members of Parliament who've come out with this amazing document, I brought it in here before, called Mindful Nation UK. You can Google it. It's quite an extraordinary uh, document where all of these um, members of Parliament uh, have a um, an initiative where they're bringing mindfulness to um, the workplace, criminal justice system, education and uh health uh, and because they are, they are all completely at least these hundred and thirty turned on by mindfulness and uh, have these national programs it's in the schools and lots of great places and my friend chris who who's a fabulous teacher and a special guy uh, has been uh Teaching once a week um, going up to um, Parliament, and it turns out that the one of the main members who 's not a member now he wasn't he wasn 't reelected, um, but he 's still in charge um, he listens to Dharma talks all the time, and for some reason he he found me and he listens to me so he was really excited that i was coming and i was excited that i could come and i gave a um a talk uh to these they were all um from the house of lords they were who they're called peers they're not my peers but they're their peers cuz all the, the members who are from the house of commons were busy doing these votes, scrambling, there was one vote after another. And by the way, in England, if you're a legislator, you have to go and vote. And it says, okay, now they're voting on this bill and these people who are concerned, you've got to be there. So they were scrambling around. It's kind of interesting that you can't play hooky if you're a British uh, um, member of parliament. So anyway, we were, we were talking about um, mindfulness and dealing with difficult emotions um, with all of these members of the House of Lords uh, and talking about, well, how are you, what are you doing? How are you feeling? And they were kind of like, whoa, this is pretty intense. Uh, and it was very moving. I was so honored to do that. Um, So we were there for a week um, and then went to Finland and uh, taught two uh, retreats, two back-to-back five-day and seven-day retreats for different communities. Uh, Then we went to uh, Germany for a few days where Jane's uh, grandfather uh, um, emigrated from from in Hamburg. We were there for a few days. Then we went to Austria and led a retreat there uh, for Austrian and German, mostly people. Uh, then we, uh, the last part of the trip, we went to uh, Budapest, Hungary, and then Prague in the Czech Republic, and then uh, spe- flew back to England for a day to catch our flight back, uh, and we came back last night. So... Um, With each country, uh, it was so interesting seeing the um, getting the culture, getting the personality, getting the history. Each place as much as we could. we had been to Finland a number of times, and England uh, as well, and uh, some in Austria. But each, e- as much as we could you know, you're uh, traveling around, you want to see, well, what have these people been through? And Europe, they've been around for a long time. They've been through everything. And um, each each country has its own personality that comes out of their history. And uh, The history in every country, one way or another, is um, so uh, intrinsically um, connected to the history of invasions or wars, and whether they were a dominant country at some point, or subjugated at another point, And or the peoples within that country were either dominant or subjugated or oppressed or whatever. Just it's it's just the history of the human mind of um, whether there's how power is used, whether it's benevolent or it's uh, oppressive. And the different countries um, the history says a lot about how the people are, as I said. Uh, for instance, uh, Finland, which we've gone to the last f- three or three years now, three summers. Finland has a history of being either invaded by Russia or Sweden one after another over centuries. And the Finns are um, a very, um, they are, how can I say this? They're dignified, but they're not arrogant at all. There's a kind of quiet humility as well as real structure, like everything ha- works in Finland. <laughs> they have the best education system, supposedly, in the world. Uh, and everybody is taken care of. They all take care of each other in Finland. And you could see the, the lack of arrogance and superiority which um, you know, which is is not a, uh, not something that many countries aspire to. <coughs> uh, it's really telling in the way that they are with each other and the whole culture. Um, the Czech Republic. And we just came from Prague. How many people have been to Prague? It's an amazing city. It's like the most amazing architecture. And wow, this... Some... A mind that just loves aesthetics. Amazingly crowded with tourists. Like everybody wants to go to Prague. Um, uh, They also... Bohemia and Moravia became, and became the Czech Republic and the Slav, uh, the Slavic Empire, um, or the Slavic history. They've gone through. They were part of big empires like the Habsburgs, and the uh, they had their time when they were strong. But often they also were invaded one after another. And again, there is this, similar to Finland, lack of arrogance. Um, other countries um, have gone through different, uh, different trajectories. Hungary was part of the the Habsburg Empire. But then they were invaded, and certainly their history between uh, Hungary and, and, and the Czech Republic from Germany, Nazi Germany, and then communism, and seeing what they went through in the Iron, uh, in the iron Curtain and all. Um, and again, it affected that spirit. The, and of course, the UK, the empire that everyone is so proud, and now they're going through this Brexit thing where they're just kind of like, whoa, what, what has gone to the empire? We're, we're cutting ourselves off from from the rest of the EU, uh, and there's a, a, a different kind of humility now. Uh, that has its own flavor, and the same with Germany and Austria. Each of these have have done and it's been fascinating also to see the cultures within each of these countries so it it just became so apparent to the extent that there that the country has had has been an aggressor has its own certain at times flavor in the uh, in the personality of the country. Of course, you can't overgeneralize, but just y- you can feel it in a certain way. And to the extent where, uh, as I said, like with Finland and, and Czech, there's a, a different humility when you've been on the receiving end of that. And I want to say, in each of these countries, uh, we were just so moved by the goodness of the people there. Um, And each retreat, I said, well, that was a really fabulous community. I don't know if this next one is going to be able to be inspiring in the same way. And each one in its own way was inspiring. Um, So that's another thing, how many different flavors and ways there are for the goodness of the people to come through. But... um, what was striking to me, both in that trip and also in the human condition, uh, certainly as I was reading the news each day um, here, what was going on here, I was not divorced from what was going on here, um, we have our own brand of... Mishigas is the word in, uh, in Yiddish which means kind of craziness, whether it's arrogance or humility or uh, we're number one or um, you know, get out of our way or, hey, we really want to help each other. Uh, you know, America is the melting pot of all of those neuroses. Um, but uh, both on the national level and on the human heart level, what has been more and more um, touching me is the way that human beings can hold themselves either superior or inferior or a kind of um, arrogance or humility um, we have it all in us, in all of us. I read this. I have shared this quote from Solzhenitsyn, uh, I think recently, where he says, um, "If only it were so simple. If only, uh, if only we needed to separate the evil people from the good ones and uh, and destroy them, uh, but." The heart, uh, but the the line between good and evil cuts through the heart of every human being. And who is willing to destroy a piece of their own heart? That's from Alexander Solzhenitsyn. We have it all inside of us, and it's such a basic principle, Dharma principle, that the more self, the more suffering that you create and the more suffering that comes back to you and the less self up to a point the less self um, the greater the spirit of generosity and kindness and humility and um, cooperation and well-being and happiness, Um, there is this um, syndrome, I think I've mentioned it here, called the tall poppy syndrome, uh, which is uh, um, a syndrome that's well-known in Australia. The tall poppies, the ones that are higher than all the other poppies in the field, are the ones that get cut down. So when you're a tall poppy, you're asking for trouble. Even though you want to say, look at me, if you have seen anybody in the scene these days that says, look at me, uh, you can see what kind, of, what kind of reaction it might elicit in in you, some people say, "Yeah, I want to be like that," and some say, "Ooh, gosh, that's kind of creepy." There's a there's a, also a, a story in uh, Buddhism, I think it is, I, of um, a, a parable of this monkey that was um, a very clever monkey, and the king's army is going through the the forest, and all the monkeys um, scatter and hide because uh, the the army has lots of bows and arrows. Um, So this one monkey, though, he doesn't run away because he's very gifted, and the The king looks at him, and he sees the monkey just kind of standing there. Shoot your arrow. And the king shoots the arrow, and the monkey grabs it right out of the air. Very impressive. King shoots one more time. Like that, with a big smile on his face. And then the king orders everybody to shoot at the monkey. Gone. Such a clever monkey and his own superiority uh, does him in. So this is the tall poppy syndrome. Asking for trouble. And then the other side is the shrinking violet syndrome where one, in the name of humility, um, plays small, plays smaller than who they really are, either out of shyness or... Uh, lack of confidence or self doubt self hatred, and they 're not good enough mm. you ever see a and i i I was very shy growing up, so I know this well i know it 'll more than the other side although i 'm sure I have my uh, my moments in the other side too, but I was very shy and just didn't want to be conspicuous, you ever see somebody who's trying not to be conspicuous and you just are tuned into them at how inconspicuous they're trying to be? And you might feel for them and feel compassion for them, uh, but you can be very aware when somebody has that kind of smallness. Uh, Trunk Rinpoche used to say, Uh, timidity is just another ego trip because there's that smallness, oh, this is, I'm not good enough, but it's all about me, I. (laughs) And uh, the Buddha has this this teaching. In the teachings, it's called mana, M-A-N-A, mana, the conceit of I am. Where he says, um, "Thinking one is superior, or inferior, or equal to, for that very reason, they dispute." One who is um, caught up in these kinds of opinions, I've share this quote. These kinds of opinions and views, superior, inferior, or even equal to, they wander about the world annoying people. That's, that's one translation of the, of the quote of the Buddha. Because that conceit of I am isn't only about, yes, I'm better than, but it's about I'm separate from and how do I compare with others? And you might take comfort in knowing that um, even at the third stage of enlightenment in the Theravadin model, there are four stages of enlightenment. You don't have to believe this. This is just one one model. The uh, fourth stage being a fully enlightened being. Third stage. Pretty rarefied atmosphere. There's still the conceit of I am. So, if you find yourself comparing with others, uh, one way you can think of it is: well, you're no higher than third stage of enlightenment, anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's so in so uh, in inherent in our makeup this this comparing and being small is one that most of us can, um, can relate to uh, overcoming that sense of am I good enough? Even the ones who are insecure and being arrogant and self-righteous, there, there's an insecurity. If you've got to show and prove to everyone how cool you are, how good you are, it's coming out of an insecurity. Um, this is... Uh, Marianne Williamson, a, a quote that I'm sure many of you know. Um, we ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You're, you are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. <clears throat> As we can liberate ourselves from our own fears we liberate everyone around us so this shrinking violet syndrome that's the other side of the coin oh i'm not good enough oh no i can't you know i i love that uh, poem that I share from uh, Dana Falls, Awakening. Now she says, "Oh no, I surely am, um, am not good enough. My my practice isn't deep. My prayers are are insincere. I still chew my fingernails, and the refrigerator is isn't clean. Do you value your reasons for being small greater than the light that shines right through you? Perfection." is not a prerequisite for anything but pain. Please, oh please, don't believe in your disbelief. This is the day of your awakening. So you can go too much on the other side as well. And what I wanted to talk a bit tonight, particularly after... Seeing all these different ways that the, the personality uh, expresses itself on how, to what extent we are self-referenting um, is that middle path where we know who we are, but we're not arrogant about it, and we don't have to play small in it. That's, that's the whole a human being coming into wholeness. When I see people on retreat at Spirit Rock, um, most people at one point or another, uh, one of the major issues they're dealing with is can they really get who they are? Can you really get the the divinity that's that's living right through you? Can you really see it without needing to validate it from everybody around you? But once you see it, once you really see it, then you're not busy trying to get everybody's approval. You know, it, you're not busy saying Hey, am I okay? I hope I'm okay. Do you see how okay I am? I really am okay. You know, I am okay, aren't I? You know. Yeah, I'm okay. But all of that is extra. When you get who you are, you're just yourself, and there's never been another you that can be as good a you as you you are the best you that life has ever created, why not celebrate it? But not celebrate it to the point where you want to make sure that everybody sees how special you are. Because everybody is special. Everybody. Just like snowflakes or fingerprints. You know, can you say, my fingerprints are really neat, you know? They're your fingerprints. Never one like it before. How wonderful. I have my own unique set of fingerprints. Wow. And you do too. How amazing. How wonderful. And when you get who you are, the beautiful thing is you're not spending time getting validated from everybody else saying, am I really okay? Then... You can see who's out there. Oh, hi, nice to see you. Because you don't have to spend a whole lot of time looking here, inside. That Dogen uh, teaching that I love says, um, to study Buddhism is to study the self. To study the self is to forget the self. To forget the self is to be intimate with all things. So to study Buddhism is to study the self. That is, you study, you practice the Dharma, and this is your laboratory to find out the human experience. This mind, this body that you've been issued, take a look. Just sit with it. Notice how the mind works. Notice how the body works. Notice how they interplay. Notice your relationship to it, and your experience. So you study the Dharma, you study Buddhism, and you study the self. And then when you study the self and you say, see, oh, I'm not who I thought I was, then you can forget the self. You're not so self-absorbed. And when you're not so self-absorbed, to forget the self is to be intimate with all things. Then you've got Energy for everybody else around you. Oh, isn't that a beautiful version of being a human being? Oh, and look at that one too. Look at that one too. That's the thing that actually when I travel around or teach a teach retreat, that never ceases to amaze me how many, how infinite the ways there are to be beautiful in this world each one with their own particular flavor. So, um, are you, in your seeing who you are, the more you see the commonality of experience, the greater the empathy, the greater the compassion, the greater the sense that we're all in this together. And to the extent that you don't see that, (coughs) then there's either the playing small or the being arrogant. And with all of these countries that I visited and seeing this uh, play out, uh, that when you're a bully... It comes back to you, whether you are the ugly American or the the inspiring American. Um, and just looking at the Olympics these days, you know, it's uh, it's been interesting. I haven't been able to see live as much as I would have liked. Now I'm here; I can see the last five days or so. Um but the different athletes the ones those stories of magnificent inspiration, where you see those those two uh those two women that crashed into each other in the race and they they helped each other to the finish line, you see that and you just kind of wow, the human spirit so beautiful that 's gold medal worthy and then. This latest story of these, these swimmers who, the ugly Americans who, uh, you know, just made up, the, fabricated this story that they were robbed at, at gunpoint. And it turns out that they just got drunk and were peeing on the store and vandalized. And, you know, it's like, ooh, gosh, look at that. It, it, it's instant. The Buddha, you know, talked about that we, we are creating our karma all the time and um, we're showing the world who we are all the time. And with some humility and, um, and class and um, kindness, how we can inspire each other and just as much the opposite side of the spectrum, too. So the middle path, what um, we can discover is our humanness through it all, that we have that capacity to be arrogant, to be a bully, or to be um, humble in a, in a wise way and to uh, inspire. There's a, uh, this um, wise, uh, he's British, uh, wise uh, writer on Buddhism and on the Tao, Wei, um, Wei Wu Wei. Uh, but he's a British guy and he has these brilliant aphorisms. He says, true humility is the absence of anyone to be proud. That's, That's real humility where it's not me being humble, but there's a sense of it's not me, it's just life moving through me. That's a humility that moves and inspires. So when you know who you are, then there's a power that moves through you that you don't have to take credit for. That taking credit for it is completely missing the point. Look at my unconditional love coming through me. I've got some pretty hot, unconditional love. You know. It's just love coming through you. My pure awareness is better than your pure awareness. You know. It doesn't make any sense. But when you see, oh, wow, look at how life is moving through me and using me, then there's both a power in that But you don't have to take ownership of it. You can just be an instrument of it, an inspiring instrument. And at the same time, a humility that sees sometimes things are out of our control and we need support, we need help. That it's okay to, not only okay, but healthy to know when we Need help and support, and can reach out and help each other. Many years ago, I did a um, I did a um, series of of um, mm, mm, practices as part of something called rebirthing. Anybody ever do rebirthing here? Well, there's a couple of. This is many years ago. This fellow Leonard Orr devised this. It was a lot like. Uh, Stan Groff's holotropic uh, breathwork, actually. Very deep breathing and a lot of affirmations in it, and you just kind of see the places that you were holding. It was very powerful. I did five of these. This is in the 70s. And what I was getting more and more in touch with was this split. I, I was um, often too proud to reach out and say, "I need, I need help," or I'd have to collapse and be completely helpless before I'd say, "Help! I need some help here." One way or the other, and over the course of these, were five, um, uh, five sessions. Uh, what I came to, it was really powerful, it's stayed with me ever since, is that I can be sufficient, I am sufficient, and that means it's very healthy to know when I need to reach out. That that wasn't a sign of weakness, that that's a sign of strength as well, knowing how to take care of myself. Um, Still kind of working on that, but you know, I'm getting a little better after all these years. Uh, but just to see the difference or see the middle path between this tall poppy and this shrinking violet, violet where you are who you are, life has given you some amazing gifts that are uniquely yours, and you don't run the show. And the, the greater you, the more you see that, the humility in that, that it's not you doing it, but life using you well, then there's a kind of wholeness that can come through. That line that I love, I've shared it here a number of times from the Third Zen Patriarch, uh, when he says, um, to live in the highest realization the highest realization is to be without anxiety about non-perfection. That's when you've really made it, when you let go of being perfect. To live in the highest realization is to be without anxiety about non-perfection, to just be yourself. <clears throat> and when you try to impress it's not very impressive. Have you noticed that? when you're around somebody who's trying to impress? you can sniff it, say. <laughs> not very impressive, right? But somebody who is just themselves this is who I am the good, the bad, the ugly, the beautiful this is who I am. Ah! then it lets you be who you are, too. How refreshing how moving how connecting that's who you are when you're around your best friend are you when you're around your best friends somebody who you know really loves you and who you share that love with are you trying to impress them no around your best friend you can you can be neurotic you can be wise you can be the whole show You don't have to be anybody because they love you. You know they love you for who you are. So you can show them everything. That's impressive when you're not trying to impress, when you're just yourself. So finding a middle path between this tall poppy, this shrinking violet, where you're just yourself, and there's something really beautiful in that, and there's something really uh, humble in that, and coming to a wholeness of the human experience, um, this is uh, one way that we can whole practice to just be ourselves. So I'll stop here. And um, if there's any comments or questions, we can take a few minutes. Actually, before we, we open it up, i um, just like you to go inside for a moment and think of times and situations where you are just yourself, Who is, who's around you? How does it feel to not be bigger or smaller? To be just who you are? And just letting life flow through you and use you well. And you might think of someone in your life who's just themselves, maybe a good friend, just somebody who's really authentic, at least as much as is possible. And how you feel around them, what their authenticity touches in you. Now, you might think of times where you're either moving towards that tall poppy or that shrinking violet, where maybe you're trying to be a little bit more, or maybe you're keeping yourself down because it's a little bit scary to come into your own fullness. And have compassion as you reflect on one or the other side of the spectrum. And just imagine relaxing and letting yourself be just who you are, even in those situations. And you might even plant the seed to more and more just be yourself. Okay. So now we can... Just have a few minutes if there's any comments or observations or questions. Okay, going once. (laughs) Going twice. Yes. Right, wait, hang on. Why don't we just uh, l- let Jackie come? Because it's me. Yeah, yeah. So, pretty one and close to your lips so we can hear you. Okay. Um, I just wanted to say thank you. That, that was very timely for me personally. And I just also really enjoyed how you connected it to your trip and just mm. um, the commentary on just the different cultures and how that came your experience with that. Mm. Thank you. No, thanks. Thank you. Anything else? Okay. So we can, uh, thanks Jackie, we can end with a short loving kindness. Mm. You might, as you Go inside for a few moments. Just appreciate who you are. There's never been another you. How amazing. And let yourself both appreciate uh, with humility your uniqueness It's yours and not yours. And let the world have it. Share all the good that's inside of you. So first, some metta, some kindness towards yourself. May I see all the goodness inside of me and see who I really am when my mind isn't confused. and may I share my love well. And may I hold my fears and confusion with great kindness and compassion. that helps me to understand the human condition and everyone around me. And may our time here together, any wholesomeness or understanding or compassion that we create here together. May any goodness be shared with all beings everywhere. May all find inner peace and the highest happiness. Thank you very much for your attention. Have a great week. Mm -hmm. See you next week. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.